Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the clubhouse. This is episode 57. Our NFL grades recap here, just an NFL draft special. Uh, or the Clay Matthews, he was a 57, 26 pick in the first round. Johan Santana, also a 57. Oh, he was the, or the second pick in the first round. Nasty. And Dwight Stevenson was the uh, 48th pick there in 1980. So that's an interesting person we have on the pod. Good friend of ours. He joined us for the draft earlier. Mr. Adam Copus. Copy, how are you feeling, man? Doing good. Feeling good. I'm glad we can get in here and uh, wrap this wrap this draft pot up a little bit. It's nice to be able to, again, talk about the only live sports any of us have seen in about two months now. Right. It's the only thing we've been able to do. It's yeah, ridiculous. we got Korean baseball now, so someone's bailing us out. Yeah, that's true. you got to stay up a little late for it, but if you can, you get, you can pull it. It's nice to watch the guys out there. Absolutely. Doge, are you catching any uh, Korean baseball? I haven't yet, but I will. I'm, I'm tying myself up to the, the deuce and bears out of Seoul, so uh, looking forward to catching something. You know, Getting any sort of live sports will be nice to have something new. Obviously, the, the replays we're seeing, not too bad, but we'll, uh, we'll take it. All right, Dill. How are you today? Having a pretty good day so far, you know, just uh, hanging out with some guys, you know, some good dudes here. So. Hanging out with some guys. Hanging out with guys. Yeah. Just a couple of guys hanging out. That's all we're doing at the clubhouse, so. Absolutely. We are the clubhouse brought to you by the Cheap Seats Network. Cheap Seats Superior Sports. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 57. I am your host, Teej Butler. We've got a great show for you today. Let me give you a little preview. So... In the first half, we're going to do our Wheel of Debate, the famous segment we've been doing here recently. So we've got a good one. We're going to bring back one from last time, our top five NBA guys, and then do another spin of the wheel here. So stay tuned for that. And then in our second half, like we promised, our draft grade. So we're going to grade our favorite teams, talk about who had the best draft, who had the worst draft, and just some other topics here. So first thing we got to do, as always, ladies and gentlemen, is warm it up. And uh, Copus, as a guest, I will let you go first. So uh, go ahead and warm it up here all the way from Columbus. Absolutely. So if you guys caught the last pod, you know, I threw a little Ohio State plug in there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot another one in here again just because it's relevant with what we're talking to in the draft and can kind of pull into my second point. So if you're watching the draft, you saw OSU set the record for most first-round picks of all time, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, just a lot of, lot of long-term success here. And it got me thinking about some things, and I figured I would check out uh, kind of what helps plan all those first-round picks. And if you look at since 1951, wow. if I could interest you in a in a Ohio State coaching tree, coaches since 1951 are Mr. Woody Hayes, Earl Bruce, John Cooper in the 80s to 2000, Jim W. Tressel, I don't know if that's actually his middle initial, Sure. into Urban Meyer and Ryan Day who in one season took us to the college football semifinal. Out of all those coaches, can I interest you in the worst winning percentage out of all those being a nice 71% wow. from Mr. Cooper? I was going to um, guess. So I just wanted to hit on that. Uh, I think it's there are some teams, like Alabama, what they're doing right now, cannot be compared what they've done in the last two decades with right. Saban since he got there. Um, but as far as... 70 years of sustained success i think that's you know you look at the coaching and that kind of points right to the the you know the record with the draft that you saw the other night so i wanted to give a quick shout out because 
that's a that's a pretty amazing thing they've done. And um, for the people that are at least seventy years old, or myself who's only uh, twenty three now, we we have it very lucky from a Buckeye perspective. Absolutely, no doubt. That's a lot of uh, a lot of good coaching there. A lot of success, which uh, obviously turns into some first round picks, like you said. So. Doge, I will pass it to you all the way from Cleveland. Uh, warm it up for us. What do you got, bud? Absolutely. So we're going to be getting into the draft a little bit here, but wanted to give a shout-out to Miami alum Sam Sloman, giving him a little rise-up Red Hawks because he's joining forces with fellow alum from Miami, Sean McVay, over in the L.A. Rams. Uh, Sam Sloman was the kicker for the for the Red Hawks last year, and uh, dude's got a boot, so looking forward to seeing him kicking in the league. Uh, I think he'll have some good success, and it's cool to see him team up with another Miami grad over there in L.A. Rise up, baby. Rise up, Red Hawks. We love to see it. Do you think he can kick better than Dill? Ooh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Dill's, Dill's got a heck of a boot, too, but uh, I don't know, man. Dill, you got to get yourself in the league so we can get the contest up. I agree. Sam, let's, let's, let's get some film together. Come on. Dill. You got to warm it up if you're going to be kicking against Sam Sloman. So why don't you go and warm it up here? All right, Sammy. <laughs> Just a little warm up because I'm notorious for a great warm up, which is key to great uh, success. Great or long? Sustained workout. Sure. Okay. Talking about sustaining success earlier with Ohio State, I think that you know in order to properly play the you know position that you're supposed to play regardless of whatever it is kicker quarterback lineman xyz point guard okay you have to be able to warm up and if you don't have a solid warm up you are not going to be prepared the way you should be for the game and whether it's backyard football basketball baseball badminton racquetball it doesn't matter what sport it is you know i will be warming up Probably more than the average person, which, oh, I know. oh yeah, in you know, in of itself, I believe is what single-handedly, other than the guy spitting on the court, what handed me a torn ACL back in the day. I think because I stretched for so long that I actually overstretched, which actually occurred because the people I was playing with, I was going to play with. The game just kept going on and on and on in a game of 21, which I know TJ and I talk about or have played recently. We can, you know, test four. We did. Did they just continue going on and on and on? So I've stretched for about 45 minutes, about as long as this warm up right now. Is this your warm up? And no, this isn't even my warm up. So, all right, let's get to it. Anyway, the Miami Dolphins (laughs) have had a great. Hey. I mean, he's notorious for great warm-ups. It's uh, it's really a full circle, you know. Everything's come, you know, everything comes back and it's full circle. Speaking of full circle, getting people back into live events, stadiums, everything like that, concerts, whatever it may be, restaurants. Okay. The Miami Dolphins, ladies and gentlemen, have come up with a whole plan of which. Mm-hmm has become the first public facility to earn the Global BioRisk Advisory Council's STAR accreditation. The GABC is a division of uh, ISSA. 
It's a worldwide cleaning facility, uh, industry association. So, anyway, long story uh, short here, long story long, (laughs) is that the Dolphins are actually somewhat, you know, able to prove that they could succeed with this plan of theirs of hosting live events, although it is, um, you know, absolutely taking some sacrifices. You know, 15,000 fans rather than 60 um, people are going to have to go out in different orders based off of what row you're in. Hey, dude, imagine so it's going to how... be a, there's going to be a lot of questions. There's going to be a lot of money involved as far as the tickets. I believe I could absolutely concur that, you know, they would, they're going to be more than what they usually what are. Pay for season tickets though. Okay. That's, you know, a different story though. That's, I don't, I mean, do they have 15,000? To, I don't you know, know. I would assume uh, maybe in like, Miami. I bet they have a lot of Miami, money. No. They have a lot of money though down there. So it's like people probably just yeah, but do. Nobody cares about the. But nobody goes. So that's gonna be another thing. Imagine how. Is okay, that, hold on though. Imagine how early you have to get there if you're like the front row guy who's got to be the first one in to click his ticket in to get all the way down to his seat, and then you got to be the last guy out. Like, it's gonna that's be, like gonna be such a long event. It's now. gonna be like TSA at the airports, like, where you have to, where you have to be there four hours before your flight because you're going somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're gonna be gate A or you know whatever section A of the plane, and you're gonna be the first people to board. Um, I don't know, so it's gonna be interesting, but I'm really cool. Uh, wow, I'm really cool. I'm really cool. I'm really cool with the fact. Um, I mean, that's how I was gonna phrase. Like, I'm really cool with the fact that you know somebody's trying. Although it may be the Dolphins, do they have to have something about? Well, at least them? they like, have a plan. That's cool. I mean, and here's the thing: they have nothing else they've really done well in the past. So it's like, oh, okay, like you know, they've somehow found a way to do this well. Like you know, if they can do this well, maybe they are on the right path. And people kind of have that subconscious like oh they were able to succeed in something it is crazy that we think of the dolphins as an awful franchise but they have like an undefeated like perfect season like but that was just so dang long ago yeah you know I mean? speaking like, of which I think so we beat. pour one out and r.i.p to yeah to don shula so rest in peace don shula absolutely terrible legend of the game all right Speaking of other legends of the game, Dylan, I don't care if you're done or not. I'm cutting you off. Again. No, I was done. I'm just know, glad you just, mentioned me as a legend. Thank you. No, I was going to say Frank Gore. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. yeah. He's pretty good, too. Well, congratulations to Frank Gore. Absolutely. He signed a one-year deal with the New York Jets. So a little one-two combo of him and Le'Veon Bell. A little uh, power, a little more power. Um, <clears throat> so this man, like I said, legend of the game. If he can play three more seasons, gentlemen, three more. He'll have a chance to play with his son, Frank Gore Jr., who is a freshman at Southern Miss right now, playing running back. Um, I don't know if he's any like if he's good enough to be in the NFL. I'm not scouting the Gore family like that. But if he is like Frank Gore and just gets you four yards of carry, I'm sure he'll find a home somewhere. Um, so just to let you know, a little Frank Gore stat action. Um, he's got 15,347 total yards, 79 touchdowns. He averages still, this is still his average, 4.3 yards a carry. And uh, last year his total was 3.6. So he's still getting you a first down if you give it to him three times. So don't sleep on Frank Gore. I think that's a nice signing for the Jets there. And uh, like I said, legend of the game. Would be really cool to see him play uh, with his son if he can keep playing. But, I mean, he's been playing for a long time, so we'll see. Dylan, it looked like you had a Frank Gore point there. 
Or no? The dude's just a beast. You know? He, I mean, he's yeah. been around for so long. And he's somebody who's so under the radar that it's it's crazy that he's been around as long as he has. And people... I mean, I know people know who he is, but he's still... He's so dang reliable. It's he's, crazy. He's not the first five names you mention as running backs in the league. No, well, not anymore, no. I mean, you... I don't you, think he ever was, which is kind of crazy. Right. You, you hear Gurley. You hear... I mean, okay, whatever reason Gurley. for Gurley. You hear Bell. Really was, you know, really you hear... Um, you know, uh, Elliot, you hear, Saquon. uh, yeah, obviously Barkley out of, you know, Down New York Cook. and like, there's a lot of guys that you hear and, uh, DMC. those guys, yeah, those Christian, guys are getting yeah. hurt and, you know, other than Christian, I mean, Christian, I think is just, I think he's the best running back in the league, but I don't know if there's much debate there, but anyway, we're done with this. We got to move on. It's crazy. It, Frank Gore is crazy that he's still playing. It's nuts. <clears throat> All right, boys. First half. We got a little wheel of debate for you. Like we said last week, uh, we're gonna leave you with one that we're gonna study up a little bit, so everybody's got some some notes, some thoughts into this one. It's not right off the cuff. Who are your top five players in NBA history? So I'll go first here. I'll just lead it off. Um, I'm gonna do it in order, but you guys don't have to. I have Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and then I have Shaquille O'Neal with honorable mentions of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Kobe Bryant if you wanted to put those guys in there uh, for Shaq. But I just love Shaq, so I'm putting him in my top five. And he was just so dang dominant that um, I'm putting him there. The other guys are absolute legends. You can put them in any order you'd like, um, but I've got them in that order. Larry, incredible passer, incredible small forward. Magic, one of the best point guards. And then Braun and MJ, I'm sure everybody's going to have right up there in the top couple. So um, I will pass it off to you, Doge, next. Who are your top five NBA players of all time? I've got MJ at the top as well, followed by LeBron. Then I've got Magic as well. So Ooh, sure. Looking at a familiar top three for you there, Tej. Yeah. Okay. But then I've got Kareem at four, and then I've got Wilt Chamberlain. At sure. Five. Still? Big, big Wilt fan. Uh, only guy to ever have 100 points in a game. Obviously, he was shooting a, a boatload. Ridiculous. But that guy was just an absolute animal, scoring and rebounding, and he was just an incredible athlete altogether. Was a track star at Kansas before he became an NBA star. So. I'm pretty he sure he was a boxer, too, for a little while as well. He's also in the Volleyball Hall of Fame. Became a volleyball player after his NBA career, so he's a all-around great athlete. I know there's like a Certainly. photo of him like Certainly. lifting up Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I think um, who's the other guy? It's some other huge guy, and it's like him like lifting up these two guys because he was so strong and big back then when he was like a super athlete. So Arnold uh. Schwarzenegger was quoted saying that Will Chamberlain was like the strongest guy he had ever met. Right. Which is something to say. Huh. <laughs> Arnold was definitely a, a strong dude. Absolutely. Certainly. Cope, who's your top five here? So I'm going to do these in no order because okay. I have a super hard time doing that, so I just can't even do it to myself. But I have. You have to, though. I have. I can't. <laughs> I can't do the order. I'll give you my top five. It cannot That's fine. be in order. That's Fair fine. enough. That's fine. Mostly because the two at the top kill me back and forth. So I love LeBron. My first two, these two that has to be on every list, I believe. 
Mr. Yeah. Jordan and Mr. LeBron James. Right. Third, um, again, in no order, third I just have written down is Kobe Bryant. Sure. Um, just love Kobe. Yeah, Kobe, A lot man. of titles, a lot of, you know, led the league in scoring in the whole 2000s decade. Just, just so much fun. Great player. And then... Fourth, I've got Wilt. I'm with Doge on that one. Sure. Um, yes, I know sir. That the game was a lot different, but there's just some things over his, whatever, what was it, 14-year career, he averaged 30 points, 23 boards. Ridiculous. Only missed the playoffs once. And he averaged eight and a half assists in 1967 to 68. Dang. That is crazy for a center. Right. Also, a little fun Wilt, Wilt effect. Before uh, he joined the NBA, the year before he started in the NBA, well, it was actually a Harlem Globetrotter, which is another thing that Dang. I love. So I'm a big Will guy. Love the Doge put him in there. Um, again, I know the game's, game's a lot different now, but Duke was just so dominant. And then fifth on my list, I have Bill Russell. Sure. I just, the titles to me are big, plus I love the player coach. Big fan of that. Yeah. Um, I wish it's something we could see in today's game. I don't think it's ever going to be again. No. But um, big fan of the player coach, all the titles. Really cool for me. Hard to overlook that. Again, I know it's a much different game for Bill and Wilt, but uh, those two were just so dominant in their own ways that I wanted to. I always toss them in my top five because it just it's you know got to pay respect to the past when someone was that that dominant. Right, for sure. No, that's definitely fair. I definitely considered old old Bill on my list. I mean, it's definitely the the Bill Russell Finals MVP award for a reason. You know what I mean? Like they don't just give that name to somebody. So. Dill, what do you got here for your top five? Honestly, uh, when you said, you know, when I when I heard Bill, uh, I thought Bill Walton, and I was gonna say I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so I have LeBron one. (laughs) I have LeBron one. This is to be wild. I have MJ two. We already debated that. I'm not going to talk about it. I have Kobe, three. This is where it starts to trip me up. Bill Walton or? Uh, hard push. No, I, okay. No Bill Walton. No. He's good, but he doesn't belong on this list. Uh, Luke Walton. Sure, certainly. <laughs> yes. Talk about player coach. Yeah, I mean, top guy. Uh, okay, so I have LeBron, MJ, Kobe, Shaq. Wow. Kareem. Wow. Honorable mentions. Four Lakers in a bowl. That I almost wanted to put in there just because I love them. You know, as my personal top five, I think it was something great. Oh my gosh. Yao Mang. Dude, I know he's not top five overall, okay, but I mean, dude, like if you, if I'm gonna put Shaq up there in my eyes, if I'm I thinking, can't believe that this if, is an argument, dude. Okay, just listen to this. If Shaq is up in that realm, although Yao did not win the championships, one on one versus Shaq, they were very competitive and very reasonable as far as who could win that possession. Each one was a toss up. So, one-on-one, if I'm having Shaq, I have to have Yao, especially because I just like Yao. Like, it's just like, have you ever played an NBA 
basketball game with Yao, and like he's eight and a half feet tall. Yao Ming is a wild man, but like, he doesn't. And he he puts Shaq like to shame with his size, almost. Like I mean, he's bigger than Shaq, and it's like, dude, that's just a like absolutely absurd with how large of a human that is. Like that's not even human. That's that's a specimen. It's a specimen at some point, you know. I don't want to disrespect Yao Ming, and but that's like saying Taco Fall no. should be close because he's big. No, because he hasn't banged around with. Yeah, but it's just like they didn't do anything though. Like the Rockets weren't that good. It's not his fault. Well, if he's gonna be a top five player of all time, I'm just saying that it's not his fault that he couldn't do everything when his team just necessarily wasn't what they needed. They had Tracy McGrady. Yeah, okay. Dude, get him Come on. Get him out of here. So you have, I don't know. I mean, I don't have I T-Mac. will not listen to Shaq. I have. Is worse so, than Yao Ming. I won't let it I'm happen. not saying he's worse, but I'm saying that Yao is an uh, honorable mention. I think that's more than fair. If you put both fair. of those guys in their prime, more one than on fair. one, Shaq puts it on Yao's head every time. See, okay, I think <clears> that <throat> if you put Yao on the Lakers... The only reason why I think Shaq is more successful... I don't think Kobe Bryant puts up with Yao Ming. The only reason why I think that Shaq is more successful is because Shaq has a personality about him that is just absolutely contagious. Like, he... The way that he acts, dude, like, it's it's the locker room. I mean, how many times have you heard it where a team all of a sudden loses a guy and then it's just like oh like we just kind of you know deflated because we don't have that guy to kind of gel the locker room and like I think Shaq is that guy what are guy. your stats please okay. I, I need to see him. I'm gonna be honest real quick if I can chime in Copus go you, ahead you just you just hit me with a one on one I never want to see ever and it's Shaq versus Yao Ming I'm in on LeBron Kobe give me Magic Clan Larry oh yeah I'm, like, I'm right Shaq would be the ugliest one on one game of all time right and I'm out that would be not fun to watch. I agree with that. Okay. I'm saying in game, if they're going one on head to head. Oh, oh, oh. Boom. Shaq's put it on Yao's head every time. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I wish Yao would have stayed healthier. I'm. A, I very much dude agree. Was a lot of fun. Okay. He was top five fun, but dude could play some ball. Yeah, I was good, like very good, but he is not. Okay, so he averaged in his career nineteen points, nine point two rebounds, one point six assists, point four steals, one point nine blocks, and his uh, let's see, free throw attempt was eighty three percent. That's pretty good, actually. Field goal percentage was 53%. Three-point percentage, which he took a total of, like, not many shots. Oh, he's not going to take any threes. It says that he his three-point three percentage somehow, even though he has never taken a three on this, is 200. Or, 200, wow. Or, like, you know, 20%. 200%. 200%. I'm looking at the, the Maybe that's what is it, numerical is it, value. The Chinese... Uh... Yeah. So, okay, his average minutes played is uh 32. Just give me give me points and rebounds again and then we're going to go to Shaq. Okay, 19 points, 9 rebounds. 9 rebounds, 
Rounds up to two assists. I don't need all nine of the stats. Two blocks. I just need those two. That's, that's defensive two though. I mean, like, well, we heard him. I don't need to hear him again because you're gonna. What's hard about Shaq is that I'm a Cavs fan and I saw Shaq in a Cavs uniform and it was yucky. You act like oh, I didn't see Shaq in a Celtics uniform when, and we traded Kendrick Perkins for him and that ruined our whole big three. Like that blew it up forever. Like I I've seen some bad Shaq, but yeah. So Shaq's career stats are a little hard because he hung on a little longer than he should have. Yeah, but dude, the averages, though, is what I'm talking. Okay, but Shaq was still, dude, the diesel in, in Cleveland. Like he, I have no internet on this. Can you pull them up? Seriously, wow. Yeah. Which uh, Shaq's, right? Yeah, give me Shaquille's. Shaq's stats. Like, there's no way that <clears throat> Yao Ming is over... If we're so, gonna like put Shaq on, like I could take Shaq off and put Will. I've got Shaq right here. I got it. I get. Oh, Kareem or Bill. He's got. Go ahead. He's got twenty three point seven points a game, ten point nine rebounds a game, and two point five assists a game. But it took him, it took him fourteen years to have a season where he averaged under twenty points a game. Dang. And then he fin- and then he finished out his career. Yeah. Just being more of a role player. Five more years after Yao of 20-point seasons. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not putting Yao in my top five. I'm not one. putting him in the top five. I'm just saying that if I'm thinking Shaq, like I know him. I don't even know if I would honorable mention him for like a top 50, though. Wow. What I'm saying. That's what I'm talking, Doge. Wow. That's where I'm talking, Doge. Wow. Not even in my top 50. I'm just saying as a player because he's never mentioned. Like, that's somebody who would bang with Shaq. And at the time that Shaq was so dominant, Yao Ming he, is. He could do that with Shaq. And Yao like, Ming that's all it is. Is a Hall of Famer and is a great player. Not a top 50. It doesn't need. Yeah, that's. I mean, not it's, a top it's not. It's not. There's no discussion. It's, well, I mean, we're talking top five and you're bringing Yao Ming to the table and we're like, get that garbage out of here. <laughs> Dude, it's just. I mean, it's my perception of honorable mention. Fair enough. It's honorable. And, and very, cor- and very honorable of you <laughs> to mention Yao Ming. <laughs> I'm spinning this dang wheel. Spin it. Goodness. Yeah. I'm gonna pop this. Do it. Was it solid? I didn't honorable mention, but Kareem good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> what about Luol Sindor? Well, Luol Dang. I'm cool on him a little bit. Luol Dang. You know, the wheel right now. Can is, we spin? Is, no, because the internet's down. Wow. I can't even spin. We can't wow. even spin. We are spinning so hard. What if we what if we come to we can't even spin a wheel when the internet goes down? What is going on? Do we just move on? Do we make up our own, like our own topic? Well, what's what's going? See if you can disconnect and you know connect real quick. Can with, you uh, can you look at the wheel at least? I could, but now I can't. Yeah, now it's just it says it has that dyno. It says no internet. Jeez. Brutal. What the f- There's a lot of technical difficulties on this pod. Yeah, what's going on? <clears throat> Alright, I don't know. COVID got the computer. We're back. 
The wheel debate is. We're back. Is live. We're back. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Oh. Guess what? Is that it... the original too? The one that you redid? Did you do it again? <laughs> you reset them all. Yeah. That's funny. That's super beat. There's some that might work, so let's give it one shot. Yeah. Spin the wheel, dude. Beat. Just change them all again. <laughs> Guess what we got, guys? Guess what? What do we got? What? Who are your top five NBA players of all time? Nice. Thanks, Wheel, for not taking any of the edits we did. This is beat. I could have sworn it said. All right, I'm doing, I'm doing one more, and if we don't get it, we're going to move on. We already did this one, so this is lame. Third time's the charm. All right, what is your favorite sports drink? Best sports drink? I'm 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 jumping in. I'm overriding the manual the override. Manual spin. Here's the spin. Three, two, one. I already spun it and it stopped. Dylan. I'm going to say Gatorade, baby. As a Gator fan. Gatorade? I mean, I mean you got to go Gatorade. Let's At first, it. they called it Gatorade. Gatorade. At first, they called it Gatorade. Does your turn. I mean, I've got Gatorade, too. Dill, do you have, like, a favorite flavor? Like, yeah. What's the, like, you just freaking... What's the dominant flavor? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was just uh, describing the one, but... Uh, okay, so I would say it's the, what, Cool Blue? Cool Blue. Cool Blue. Cool Blue. Okay. This is a heavy dominant in my purchase order. Doge, what's, uh, your flavor there? Yeah, New new Wave. I like the light blue, the Frost Glacier Freeze. Um, but I, I am a sucker for a classic, and I love just the original Lemon Lime, too. Sure. Pretty dominant. It's it's lasted the test of time, and uh, it was what they started with. Don't oh, forget yeah. where you came from. Right. I think if it was if it's crisp, ice cold. I think lemon lime is definitely up there. I'm a big lemon lime guy. But it has if it's like lukewarm, it's like not that great. You know what I mean? Not that great for sure. I'm that way with any Gatorade though. Okay. If it's warm, it's not. Not that ideal. See, like, I like, I don't mind the red or, like, the, what, uh, yeah, like, the red Gatorade. Like, if it's kind of, like, not, like, warm, but, like, if it's just, like, room temp, that's, like. You're weird, dude. But if it's cold, I don't, I don't fuck with it. You know who else You likes don't like it when Gatorade? it's cold? No. All right. You know who else likes warm red Gatorade? What's that? Yeah, No shit. That's what I heard. <laughs> Are you serious? That's crazy. I know, dude. I don't know. It's on his Wikipedia favorite drink. <laughs> Copus, put an end to this madness. What's your favorite drink? All right. I'm not a big sugar guy, so, Ooh. you know, I like, like the G2, but I think I'm going to have you with Powerade Zero. Great drink. Big fan of the Powerade Zeros. Uh, they come in those, you get them, I get them in those nice, big, you know, the nice, big versions. 32 not the ones. That way you can just slug them down after a nice workout. Sure. And I mean, if, for me, the no sugar, you can give me the red, the blue, the orange, the purple. 
you know, I'm good with them all. It's, it's just the sugar gets me. I don't know what it is. I just, I'm not a huge sugary drink person. So you give me the zero in Gatorade or Powerade, I'm thriving there. That's, that's my preferred post-workout drink all day. So what about, uh, what's your, ne- what? no, come on, Dill. You got some more, I guess. No, 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 no. I just, no, no one said it yet. I'm just, I'm just waiting. What is it? I thought you had your favorite already. I do. I'm just. Don't steal Teach's thunder. I'm not. That's why he I stopped. He literally I walked looked, in my path and I, I gave him, him the eye. Like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? I looked at him like, ah. Riptide Rush. Grape Fierce is incredible. And I like the just regular blue Powerade, Cope. Give me the sugar. I need it. Yeah, the blue the blue Powerade's I need it. great. Lemon Lime is a drink that I get when I'm feeling under the weather and it always... Brings me back to full health, whether that is a hangover or an actual ailment. It's a very big uh, staple of my getting back, getting back to life. So I love a good crisp lemon lime, like you're saying, Doge. But uh, if I had to pick one, I'm going if rip, I'm, Riptide Rush. If I'm going sugar, lemon lime gets me. Out sure. of Gatorade or Powerade, lemon lime understands. Sure. Oh, it's the goat. Mm-hmm. I wonder what uh, flavors Peyton Manning was always mixing up with his drinks. I know he liked to mix a couple good flavors, like on the sideline. I think I know blue was one of the, the colors, but I don't know if it was red or purple or whatever. Peyton was a was a Gatorade mixologist. Oh my guy! There's, he a, couple, is, there's a couple good clips. He is the Gatorade mixologist. A couple good clips of him. See, I, that's something I didn't know about Peyton. I have to go back and find this now. There's some good Antonio Brown hard knocks ones too. Oh sure. Yeah, I remember that. Right. With the uh, with the juice or whatever. What do you call Raiders, it? right? Raiders. Yeah, Oakland Raiders. He's just trying to draw attention away from his helmet. Yeah, right, and everything else. This is weird. Like, how can I get weird here? Yeah, like how can we get weirder? <laughs> it's beginning to get weird. Yeah, man. What about uh? I'm buying you a Meow Mac jersey. Do you guys do you guys ever uh, see Propel on the shelves anymore? Is that a thing Not still? Not anymore. I, I used definitely to be a do. Fan of Propel, but I, I see don't it. know why. I, I see look it. Back on it. Never getting it. Never. I look like, back on it. It was a dark time in my life that I preferred Propel over other Gatorade drinks. You didn't. You didn't like <laughs> Propel. Well, I got it because I was like, oh, it's like flavored water. Look how fucking classy I am. But. uh... <laughs> Cope, what about you? Did you do you have any partition towards Propel? It's fine. It's fine. I, pre- I, I prefer it over like <laughs> uh, a warm, sugary red Gatorade. If that's like if that's my two options. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Have any other energy drink brands besides Powerade, Gatorade? Yeah, like body armor. I've never uh, had yes, it. But. I've never had it. People like love it though. Uh, so okay, like, people rave about it. My brothers like drink it like it's freaking water, bro. Dude, I, Dude. Well, I can't have it. It's, okay, it's almost worrisome. Copas, if you uh, if you have it, I think they're super sugary. So I want to take uh, or, or I want to see your take on it. You know, if you do have them sometime, because I think they're super sugary. Like the even the strawberry banana is like just too um, much. I don't, I, See, I, don't, I don't need that kind of aggressiveness in my post-workout drink. I like them light, give me that that electrolyte boost, but um, I'm sure I'll try them at some point, and I'll 
I'll pipe in to you guys, let you know what, what I'm thinking about the body armors. Yeah, shoot me, uh, yeah, tag us on Twitter when you get there, when you, when you give her a test. What's the beverage of choice at the moment? So we started with a little, uh, Gentleman Jack for the night, which was very nice. That's a great, um, great sports drink. <laughs> it is. And Michaela, actually, her birthday's tomorrow, mm-hmm. so she hit me with the... Happy birthday, Michaela. Birthday Shouts out on the early. podcast. Can we Best shot. pizza and wings? So now I got pizza and wings in front of me, wow. so I had to pop the Budweiser out while I'm enjoying those uh, during this, this pod recording. Absolutely. Is there the a... Diesel. Is there a, a place that you want to mention about where you got it from? So I will give a little toss out. And during quarantine time, we've tried to keep it local, support the, support the little guys. There's a place, there's only two or three locations in Columbus. It's called OH Pizza and Wings. Very close to us. Sure. Wings are fantastic. Pizza is delicious. And uh, they're doing some renovating, so it's going to look pretty cool in there after all this is done. Wow. They've, sure. Uh, they've treated us right, and we have, we have frequented very often during this uh, <laughs> quarantine time. so That's great to hear. So they, they know the Copas name. Okay. All right, gentlemen. We need to get into halftime since we're not actually talking about sports drinks anymore. Let's move on here. Um, we do appreciate the shout-out of the local business, and we do appreciate the uh, the Budweiser shout-out, Copas. Hopefully we can get sponsored. So, um, <clears throat> Moving on then here to halftime. Dill, it's your time to shine, babe. Where can we find the Cheap Seats Network social media accounts? All right, so honestly, you took the words right out of my, uh, my mouth because I was going to say it's my time to shine. So Well, it is. You know, I, in my head, that's what I said. So for the Cheap Seats Network, if I could even say it right, <clears throat> I can't talk right now. Sheesh. Time to the, shine. The Cheap Seats, I'm, I'm choking right now. Choking like Yao Ming in the playoffs. Oh, gosh. Just kidding. He played some okay. good playoffs. Okay, okay, actually. okay. Here we go. Final take. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time to shine. It's halftime. It's coach talk. It's the speech of the cinch. At the cheap seats. Sports now. Speech of the cinch. Okay. So we have the cheap seats network, okay, on Facebook. Yeah. All you have to type it in, you know? Yeah. All you have to type it in. Get it? All you have to type it in. Right? It's one (laughs) free-flowing sentence, okay? If you can stay with me, you're with me. Facebook, The Cheap Seats Network, okay? All you you have to type it in. Twitter is at The Cheap Seats SN. Four. Why there's always, you know, there's not going to be a four. You've got nothing? No, it's not like, a, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm keeping it chill this week. I'm just trying to get on to the next coach. It's assistant time. Cobus. Give me, a, give, me, me give me a word that starts with S. Superficial. <laughs> Doge, can you follow that up? Superficial. Neanderthals. Superficial uh, Neanderthals. I was going to say Nancy's. That's crazy. There you go. We did it for you. So crazy. (laughs) 
All you have to type it in. All you have to type it in. Superficial Neanderthal. <laughs> At the cheap seats. Superficial Neanderthals. All right, Dougie. Speech yeah. of the cinch. It's your time to shine. Sure. <laughs> Where can we find the clubhouse specific stuff? You can find us on Facebook, the clubhouse. Twitter and Instagram is clubhouse underscore TCSN for the Cheap Seats Network. So give us a follow, subscribe, like, favorite, slide into the DMs, all of the above. Slide in. Slide into the DMs. Yeah, slide in. Give us some. Give us some breaking news. We'll report it. Why not? You know, we need it. I've been known to before. <clears throat> OBJ. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, give us some success stories. Right. If you want a t-shirt, let us know. Do you want a sweatshirt? Let us know. Copus, you can't even see pictured. He's got a clubhouse koozie. He's using it right now. Three of them. It's incredible. It keeps the beer. Five times as cold as any other koozie. I mean, and, that's, a, that's a Copus fact. That's and you're they, repping the boys. That's the best part about it. I mean, that's why they call you Koozie uh, Copus. Koozie Cope. Koozie Copus. That has long been my name. <laughs> Appreciate the shout out. Koozie Cope. No problem, man. I would know. Speaking of shout outs, Cope, do you have anyone you would like to shout out or anything you would want to shout out here as our guest here on the podcast? Alright, so if we're doing shout-outs, I already gave a little one to OH Pizza and Wings. Right. The next shout-out I'm going to be giving, because we're talking about Michaela's birthday, yes. will be to a nice, uh, it was her birthday dinner of choice tomorrow, of course, you know, big enough to go, because Corona, yep. COVID-19. But tomorrow we will be getting a little pickup from Texas Roadhouse, getting some rolls, getting some, uh, some, some pulled pork. The good stuff. So, Texas Roadhouse, hope you hook us up tomorrow. We're looking for four times the rolls, four times the butter, four times the fun. Sure. Four times the fun, baby. I like to see it. Happy birthday. Rolls with the cinnamon butter are legendary. What a great choice. Four times the butter, Doge. Absolutely legendary. All right. So, (laughs) gentlemen, we are now moving on here to our second half. Our NFL draft recap. We're going to give some grades. We're going to say who had the best draft, who had the worst draft, etc. So, um, first thing, let's just do a little general recap. What did you guys like about the virtual draft? What did you not enjoy? Roger Goodell went from standing at the podium to sitting in his chair to being slumped in his chair. Um, what did you think of the old commish here during this? So, Copus, I will go with you first. What were your thoughts on the draft overall, specifically the virtual draft and how they put it together? I'll do a couple of quick hitters. First, the virtual draft went super well. Yeah, and there's some things you like. I like I like the insight in the coaches' houses. Um, Kingsbury, yep. killing it. Gilman in an attic. Rabel, kids are hilarious. Yep. Um, and then you have your more middle of the road guys like uh, our guy Zach Taylor in Cincinnati or. Um, even Zimmer in Minnesota, those seemed like more normal situations. Um, so it was cool to see that kind of uh, that kind of side of all the different coaches. Right. Um, I also would say that I like the I like I like them. They were pumping in the booze because without the booze, it would have really taken away from the draft. So props props to them for including the booze. We needed that, or it wouldn't have felt the same. Um, 
And as far as the commish, I think... I don't know. I, th- I think I liked the, the standing uh, Goodell the best. It seemed the most... It seemed the most appropriate for me to want to hate. When he was slumped, it was almost a little too relatable when I was, you know, killing some killing some buds and watching the Bengals nail the draft picks. It was once he was reclined, it felt a little too relatable. So I like Standing Goodell the best for myself. I agree. Standing Goodell was definitely better. The chair was cool, but like it just kind of made it seem like he didn't care as much about those guys as he did the other guys. Because like there were days in between that he had to like stand you know what i mean like it wasn't like he was standing for the whole draft all at once so i don't know i wasn't a huge fan of that part of it but i mean everything else was great i mean like you said copa seeing the people's houses and the family reactions was really cool you didn't always get that with every pick like you did here so that was really cool um i really enjoyed like you said the coaches i enjoyed some of the kids popping in it felt like it was bring your kids to work day uh, with the second night of the draft, which is really cool, all the little kids um, who didn't like seeing uh, Nike Belichick's dog there, just sitting at the table, looking like she was making picks. That was hilarious. And classic Belichick with a dog named Nike, just Belichick, of course. Um, one thing I actually did enjoy about the old commish um, was the uh, the M and M's thing that he had, where he was just not like just pounding M and M's. So we we talked about that. We right. we asked. I mean, I think you said, "Are those are those M and M's?" And you know, I, I think I you know they both you know definitely <clears throat> look like M and M's. And I think they're peanut M and M's. Right, they're my favorites. Good sure. choice. Right, right, absolutely. Quality choice. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, I, I did." Uh, as people mentioned, start getting through some of these, and as we see, and he's like halfway through the jar. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> so one thing the, I the one the one thing that I think I would have liked to have seen more from Goodell. And this is this is a pipe dream, but because he teed you brought up a good point about him being in different situations for different rounds, I would have loved to have seen Goodell in like a slightly different spot for every single pick. Like he answers Burrow and he's standing up. Next pick, you know, Chase Young, he's sitting down, handful of peanut M and M's. I love to see a little variety between picks from him, so it seemed a little more evenly distributed. I think that would have really sold well for the audience he was going for. I agree. I would have liked that. Like maybe like a kitchen pick there, just like going up. Like, hey guys, got to restock here in between rounds. You know, like yeah, like him just like living. Like, hey, I'm cutting up a you know sandwich for PB and J. I don't like my crust, so I'm cutting the crust off like a weirdo or something. You know, just like just some Goodell <laughs> stuff where you're just like, dude, this guy is just an animal. Like, I mean, he's funny. Like, I, I'm indifferent with you know how I feel on him, but he's just a goofy guy. You know, so if you see some of that, like, right, I agree mm-hmm. with that, Cope. All right, I got one last thing, then I'll pass it off to you, Doge, then we'll hit up Dill. Um, one thing I didn't enjoy about the draft, and I'm not taken away from anybody's story because they were all, you know, tearjerkers, but it felt like everybody in the entire draft had, like, the worst hardship you could think of happen to them. And they had, like, that was what they were talking about only. Like, I felt like we got less stats, more about the guys, like, upbringing how they got here and how it was a tough life which i don't mind hearing about but i want to get some insight on the player like on the field too so um it just felt like everybody had that situation or like they they tried to find like something about people like i know one guy was like my uncle's brother or no my uncle's brother was like my uncle's friend passed away or something like that And i was like that's i mean that's i'm sure he's a family friend but that's not like the other guy whose mom died from breast cancer when he was three or something there's like different levels of it so it's like i don't know 
Either way, I would have liked to see more uh, on-the-field play, personally, but who knows. Dozier, did you get any of that vibe, or what were your takeaways from the virtual draft here? I got some of that vibe, but I feel like, you know, at, in a time like this, that, or, you know, some positivity and, um, you know, adversity in some tough times, and I think they were just trying to harp on that a little bit. So I, I, right. I get where you're coming from there. Um, I like the virtual draft. I mean, it, they, they did the best that they could with uh, – interesting situation the one thing i really missed out on you know it, it may just be a little thing but i feel like on draft night for especially round one and two you're getting all the players kind of swagged out in really nice suits and they were sitting at home on the couch you didn't really get that same classiness to it and i right. like to see the guy who dress up and, and look you know look the part of you know making some money looking professional um so right. you didn't really get that same vibe uh for the draft night you know some guys were just in long sleeve shirts, got some jeans in there. Like, you know, not everyone was, was dressing up and looking the part because they weren't there uh, event at the spectacle. So I missed right. out on that a little bit. But uh, overall, really enjoyed it. And like Copa said, um, them having the, the fans and other people boo Goodell uh, was hilarious. I love that they still threw that in there. Right. <clears throat> I like that for sure. That was a nice touch. I missed all the Goodell hugs for sure too, Doge. Speaking of that, like, not right. being able in the room, like just all the big guys, just like, just smothering him. So, him, bruising some ribs. Right, Dill. Any uh, anything to add? Anything you disliked, liked, etc. So, kind of going off uh, what you were just saying, Doge, with getting to see them dressed up and stuff. Like, I feel like when they're able to express themselves and like have that freedom of, I mean, those the guys in the top two. Browns, their lives are pretty much changed, you know, most likely forever. And, you know, those those guys are franchise-changing players that you want to see their flair. You know, you're going to see them on the field a lot, but you want to see them off the field. You know, you I love seeing, you know, off-the-field interviews of, you know, what people do in their free time, what people do off the field to prepare for the field. You can get that, in a sense, from somebody's you know, sense of style or what they do as far as, um, you know, off the field. So, so like Cam Newton, like, you know, he's a character, like he's just a goofy guy. Like he's, he's a fun guy because of the way he dresses like Russell Westbrook, like those guys dress well, um, name it, whoever throughout any league, like it's becoming more and more of a thing just in society as well to, ex- excuse me, to express yourself. And, uh, you know, I, I like seeing the person behind the helmet because with the helmet, you don't really get to see them. You know what I mean? Right. So, and, and football specifically because it's so different with the helmet on. Totally, yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, a lot of guys who are linemen or maybe not, like, quarterbacks or wide receivers or big-time players, like, they can go into a grocery store and have no idea who some. you know what I mean? Like, somebody doesn't even know who they are. Right. Um, some guys, yeah. They're I would gonna say be I don't down. know about a lineman, maybe. I can know who they are, but they're gonna be like, "Dang, that's uh, okay." Dude. Yeah, I mean, if you're seeing like a six seven three fifty, just Jack dude, you're like, like, I don't think anybody's ahead. like gonna mistake Geno Atkins for like some guy. Yeah, sure, sure, certainly. But like, at the same at time, like, it's not gonna be like, "Oh my god, that's Tom Brady." I don't know. I think you would. Holy shit! <clears throat> I don't know. He so, probably just doesn't go to the grocery store. Well, I know he doesn't. No, I'm just gonna. He so might. he might. I don't know. I heard Tampa's got a pretty good hookup down there for him. Just a, walking into other people's houses. Yeah. 
That's get a great the, story. Getting the playbook early. Jeter's uh, just renting a home from. Anyway, so I think with the draft, the, one of the coolest things was just getting to see people with their families and kind of enjoying that like surreal experience on their own. And it was funny to see some people who like you could tell they were excited. Obviously, you know what I mean. Right. But like, if you're in the moment in whatever city, I think this year would have been Las Vegas. If they were in yeah. Las Vegas, it would have been much easier to like just be happy regardless of where you get picked. I they feel were like they're gonna do it on the water, and the picks are gonna come out on a boat. So right. Joe Burrow was gonna be on a boat coming out onto the stage. Like that's like. Has fireworks and shit. Like, it's, it was going to be Vegas out. Right. And that's going to be next year. But it's like, dang, dude, that would have been sweet. So, yeah, I mean, Ooh, like... that would have been cool. Regardless, like, you're going to be, like, smiley happy. I mean, just it's a different experience. It's brand new. Right. Whereas, like, how many times have you been in your living room? Right. Obviously, not many times or none at all to get picked in the draft. But you still... You've been there so many times. Like, it almost becomes, hab- you know, uh, routine and a habit where... It's hard to kind of like feel the whole emotion, right? Sure. So, it was cool to see like the, just the raw emotion from some of the people, though. Right. Like, I don't know. A lot of people that were definitely emotional. A lot of uh, a lot of different emotions. I feel like just girlfriends trying to snatch phones. That was incredible. A couple oh, of those. Nice. CD Lamb specifically. That was awesome. <laughs> um, <clears throat> real. There was one. It was in the middle of the draft. I forget the player. So excuse me for forgetting, but. The girlfriend's like hugging him, hugging him, hugging him, and you can't like really see him on camera. And then you just see like somebody's arms from behind just yank her out of the way. And it's like, was just like the mom. And then you see like the dude, and he just like looks up at her like, oh my god, like looking at his mom. But like it was funny because obviously he needs to get his FaceTime. He's the dude's getting drafted. Like, right. He should be the one on TV. But, uh, all right, let's move on. Speaking of some guys that we know are going to get some FaceTime. We got some quarterbacks that went in the first round here. Joe Burrow, Tua, Herbert to the Chargers. Tua went to the Dolphins, by the way. Excuse me. Jordan Love to the Packers. We obviously know where Burrow went. So, real quick, a little rapid fire here. Then we'll get to some grades. So, remember, Dill, rapid fire. We're going to have you go first to keep you on track. Who's going to have the best rookie year of these guys? And who's going to have the best career? So, rapid fire, just real quick. Okay. Gun to your head. Okay. Best Burrow, rookie year. Burrow for the best rookie year. And I think Burrow for the best career. Wow. I love to hear it. Doge? I'm with you there. I think he's he's set up to have a, a successful rookie year. Um Zach Taylor, obviously, with his experience being a quarterback coach with the with the Rams, I went to the Super Bowl before he came and was the head coach in Cincy's. He'll be able to coach him up well, and I think uh, I think he'll have the best career of all those guys. Sure, Cope. Anything different? <clears throat> no, best rookie year to me is obvious. You don't know that Herbert's going to start. You don't know that two is fully healthy and ready to start, and Jordan Love is definitely not starting. So right. that's got to be perfect. As far as career for me. I just don't see it in Herbert. I think Love could have it behind Rodgers, but that's hard to tell. You know, he could pull the Rodgers-esque move, but you just don't know. And Tua, to me, you know, the injuries worry me. That's why I want to burrow as a Bengals fan. No other Bama QB has been as good as Tua. No other Bama QB has also gotten hurt the way that Tua's gotten hurt. Um, So it's just too big of a risk for me. So I got to go burrow as both, just the only way I see it. 
still no Alabama quarterback has like been good in the NFL though. Yeah, but so I mean, it's just like another one of those ticks where it's like, would Tua be really good if he wasn't hurt? So it's like it's it's another asterisk, but. Oh, I gotta double down because I'm not gonna root against old Joey B here, but yeah, I think Tua is gonna be very good, and it's gonna be close, and I think it's gonna be one. It's gonna be the opposite of Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Oh, that's what I think. So maybe like an Eli, like Phil. just guys that are like, wow, these guys are like Eli Phil, not with the trade. I, wanna, but just like... I want to say better because I think that so those are like the mid echelon upper tier, right? But these right. are going to be like the upper echelon. These are going to be like your Roethlisberger, Breeze level guys okay. yep. in their career. You know I what I mean? So. I, think, I like I them both, Eli personally. Phil, that just makes me think that if I'm going draft to draft, it just makes me, again, I know you didn't mean this, but that's makes me feel like Herbert is Ben and is going to be the best out of all three, and that makes me want to cry a little bit. Get out of here, dude. <laughs> Please don't do that. That'd be wild. Um, so no, that's what I that's what I think. I think they're going to be really, really good quarterbacks. So and I'm excited for them. Old Bake Show could be in there too someday, up there. The old Bake Show, up in Cleveland. For what? Just quarterbacks up in that echelon, you know. Yeah, I hope so. We'll see. All right, let's move on to some draft grades, boys. Yeah. Um, we can give a little elaboration, but let's keep them keep them tight here too for these. Uh, just for the quick grade. So let's go for the Bengals draft grade. Then we'll go for the Browns. So, Copus, back to you here. What do you have for the Bengals draft grade? Bengals, I give them an A. Um, obviously, Burrow, no-brainer, great pick. T. Higgins, I think he's an amazing pick. Huge catch radius, deep deep ball threat in college. Yep. Um, third rounder, Logan Wilson. I feel like he was a little bit of a, of a reach. Um, obviously, we you know we we identified him. We liked him. Um, as far as the fifth and sixth round, we took an edge rusher and a tackle from Notre Dame and Kansas. I like their bigger school guys. They're both big guys. I don't have a lot to say about them, positive and negative. Right. For our other two linebackers, they're the most intriguing ones to me, um, which was Akeem Davis Gather from App State and Marcus Bailey from Purdue, yep. fourth and seventh round. Both of them, great players, They've, especially Marcus Bailey. He's had a ton of potential. Both of them a little bit. Marcus Bailey more so have struggled with injuries. So to me, I love the picks. They're high risk, but potentially high reward picks. Um, and I think the injury risk for them, as well as maybe reaching a little bit on Logan Wilson, and as well as ignoring the offensive line, which you know all Bengals fans know has been a struggle, that keeps you from giving it an A plus. But I love the draft. Give the Bengals an A this year. So I, um, I'll go real quick. I gave it a B plus. So right around the same thing as you. Totally think we needed to address the line a little bit more. That's why I gave it that grade. But we addressed linebacker like we needed. We needed a new quarterback after we just cut Andy Dalton this week. So I don't think we had that on the pod. So um, certainly not breaking news, but Andy Dalton cut by the Bengals this week. Signs with the Cowboys, who will be playing in Paul Brown this year. So that's going to be a really cool welcome back for Andy. Hoping I can be at that game. Um, But I think we needed to address the line um, for sure. That was one of our biggest issues, I think, last year. T. Higgins is going to be great. Um, I'm really high on the Luke Wilson pick, Copas. Um, he's recommended as the best cover linebacker in the draft, so that's something we really needed to address, especially with um, you know Lamar running around here, and then Baker's pretty quick on his feet, and then uh, who knows who's going to replace Roethlisberger. I know they say it's Mason Rudolph, but I don't believe them. Um, so maybe he'll be a running quarterback since that's kind of the, the trend of the league. 
So I think uh, a cover corner is definitely, or uh, excuse me, linebacker, something we definitely needed. So I gave it a B plus because we addressed a lot of things we needed, but I think we needed to add one more line pick in there. So Doge, what do you have here for the Bengals draft? I gave them an A minus, but it's it's basically for the same reasons as you guys. Obviously, really like the pick with with Burrow and Higgins covering up the, yeah. the linebacker need was huge for me. Would have been an A or A plus if we if we focused a little bit more on the offensive line outside of those. Um, but only only snagging one offensive lineman out of the draft uh, brought it down a little bit for me. But would have loved to give them an A or A plus, but had to stick with the A minus. Sure. Big deal. I know you're not a Bengals fan, but what do you got here for the grade? Maybe a little non-biased grade. So overall, I mean, I know watching the draft with you, I thought that you guys addressed all of the positions that you guys, as I deem necessary. Right. <laughs> you know, just as an outsider, somebody who's playing you, and, and you guys played tough last year, but you just couldn't get the job done. You guys didn't learn how to win yet. And I think that those things come with time, especially with a new group. Um I would say probably an A minus to an A. I think that outside of the top picks, I don't really know the players by name, but from what I've seen, it seems like that's you know a fine pick for the position. You know what I mean? Like right. I, with who's available, it's not like they drafted some guy who was like who is that? Like right? That? Like, I mean, not that the Patriots have a bad pick. Because I don't know, but the guy who came out of the college, I, don't, I didn't yeah, the know it was a school. school. Yeah, like things like that. But it's right. like when you have really deep, good scouts, like you can find groom through right. those things. Right. So yeah, like almost every dude that the Bengals drafted was at the Senior Bowl, which is super classic Bengals, which is like almost scares me. But I know that we like picked really good guys this year. I feel like so. But that's such a Bengals like oh we saw him at the it's Senior a different Bowl. Different feel though, like it has a different vibe. I agree. Time. I totally agree. They like were smart picks this year. It wasn't just like, I don't know. Who did we see on a draft? I'm board? not. I'm done talking about John Ross on this podcast. That's all I'll say. <laughs> he doesn't deserve that much airtime. That's what I'm saying. He didn't even get this much playing time. He certainly didn't deserve the option, which we didn't pick up. So thank goodness. Um. <clears throat> so moving on then, Dill. We'll we'll run it right back to you for sure. the Browns. What do you think about their draft? So, okay, I really think that the same thing with the Browns. They really started to address the positions that they need. They lost Schobert as a linebacker. Uh, I'm not familiar with uh, Jacob Phillips, uh, which is the in, you know, inside linebacker know that we picked up. Overall, number 97 pick. Uh, sure. I don't know him by name. I don't know much about him. But as far as position-wise, like we do need a linebacker. We need some defensive help on the line in the corner position or safety, which we got Grant Delpit, which is a huge pick from LSU. Yeah, he's a big pickup, yeah. Like, that, that's one of those guys where you see it, you get really excited, like, okay. He's, he's just like, an AFC North guy. Like, you know what I mean? Just a hard-hitting well, guy. Dude, when I when I saw Joe Hayden out of Florida, I was so excited. I was like, yes, you know, okay, this is the guy. And then he kind of just, like, bummed out. You know, like yeah, like, yeah. like Percy Harvin. He kind of just, like, but, but regardless of whatever happened. Anyway, um... Joe Hayden was really good. We got a... Uh, Joe Hayden was a lot better than Percy Harvin. NFL was, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. College, probably Percy. I just thought... Good. I thought Joe Hayden was going to be... From watching him play it in Florida, like, I thought he was going to be, like, the next, like, Revis, where he's just, like... Or Sherman, where he's just, like, shut down, like... No, 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 no. And he, he never came out to be that. He's not... Well, no, he's certainly not an all-time grade. That's right. So... So what grade? Um... 
Just because I don't really know the names of the guys, like I would say probably B plus. Sure. You know, um, like Jedrick Wills, out of Alabama, love the pick. Like yeah. Alabama can produce linemen, yeah. linebackers, running backs, not quarterbacks. Uh, so this guy, you know, Kirkpatrick's uh, or Kirkpatrick. <laughs> well, like you said. <laughs> You started talking to me. Today. Kirkpatrick. Um, you know what I mean? Like like those guys. Yeah, Dre. Hightower. I mean, like one after another after another. Um, they just keep pumping them out. Right. No, so, I think he's going to be a great addition to that line. I think the offensive tackle, uh, Wills, in the first round, our 10th pick, is uh, it's going to be nice. It's going to be able to protect Baker a little bit. I saw a stat that he only allowed, or excuse me, he only had seven missed blocking assignments out of 771. There you go. I thought he didn't give up a sack in his whole career, technically. So I mean, he like only he would didn't. Have, he would have only had seven potential opportunities, opportunities right. for a sack in that instance. Wow, so that's Bama for you. I mean, I I Roll love tide. to hear that. Roll love to hear that. Tide. I don't like to hear it. Good institution but down there. I know there my boy DJ Reader's about to eat him up. Arr, 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 arr. Dozier, what do you think of the Browns draft? I've got them at a B plus. Um, I do like that they did, um, you know, pay some attention to the offensive line needs. Jedrick Wills is a beast. Um, Nick Harris, I think, is a good pick for them. Um, snagging a linebacker, like you said, Dill, also a good signing. And then I like the I like the the draft of Peoples Jones adding another receiving threat. I think that'll be a big for them. So uh, I like it. I don't like it as much as I do the Bengals draft. So I give them B plus instead of the A minus. Um, I have nothing to add. I was going to say about old Donovan Peoples-Jones. I like that pickup, too. I have him at a B. So, really solid draft. Thought they addressed everything. Um, they probably should have, but um, I just didn't pay enough attention to their late-round draft to know a bunch of the stats about their guys. So, um, I think they definitely addressed some stuff, but they could have added a little more defensive um depth there. I know they, they added the line, which is big, but um, Delpit adding there, then maybe some more defensive depth I think would have been good. So um, I give him a B, just a solid solid draft. Not good, not uh, or not not great, but not bad. So, Cope, what do you think about the Browns draft here? Yeah, so I, I've gone back and forth with them. I ended up with them as a B plus. To me, Jedrick Wills was my favorite tackle in this draft. Yeah. The only issue with him is he covered to his blind side in college. But Tua being left-handed, that was the right side of the line. So with Baker, the Browns are going to uh, bump him over to the left side now because um, Conklin, who they signed, plays the right. So that'll be a switch for him. Right. Uh, still be blindside, but it's a little different. Um, I like the Delpit pick. I think that was good luck for them. They fell, he fell that far. If you guys listen to the last pod, I think he was the second-best safety available at the time. I think Winfield Jr., he was my more my guy. I thought he was the best one on the board at the time. But I still think Delpit's a great player. Um, he's amazing in coverage, uh, big hitter, has some missed tackling issues, but good one. Uh, still a, a great, good good value, good player there. My favorite pick probably for the Browns um, was Jordan Elliott out of Missouri for talking value pick. Uh, obviously playing in the SEC, he played against a lot of good uh, a lot of good teams last year. And obviously, you know, ratings and everything aren't, you know, they don't mean that a player is going to be super successful. Right. Uh, but doing some research on him. Pro Football Focus had him ranked as their 23rd overall player for this draft, and he graded as a 90 or better for both run defense and pass defense last year. Um, and again, that's obviously the SEC, so he had a lot of a lot of good 
uh, teams playing against him there. So I think that was a big steal for them in the third round when they got him. And then the last one I'll, I'll touch on, um, Nick Harris. I guess the last two. Nick Harris, a lot of starts for him at Washington. Uh, started over three years there for them, a little bit as a freshman than his last three years. So a lot of playing time, even if he was a lower-round pick. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones, huge recruit coming out of high school, five-star receiver, <clears throat> never really happened at Michigan, but um, there's a chance that that was a product of the situation he was placed in. I think there's a ton of talent that was always there. So the Browns, it's a good pick for them to see if they can kind of pull some of that talent out, get him to perform as a you know the five-star recruit that he once was. They can even get somewhat of what he was expected to be. That'll be a heck of a steal for them in the sixth round. No doubt. Um, so, Copas, I'm going to swing it back to you right now real quick. Who do you think had the best draft? Totality, who do you think had the best draft this year? Yeah, so I, I mean, I definitely loved the Bengals draft. Um, but if I'm going to go for another one mm-hmm. that's not the Bengals, I'm going to give it to the Lions as a draft I really like. I think Okuda at number three is a super lockdown corner. Good pick by them. Um, DeAndre Swift in the second round wasn't a need I really thought they had, but I think that he's he's a heck of a running back. He's he's not necessarily amazing at any one thing, um, but he's very good at a lot of things. I think that's going to be good for a team like the Lions, who are you know still trying to figure out exactly what they are under Patricia in year three or four. I think um, a couple other good picks that they made. I think. Uh, they made Julian O'Quar from Notre Dame, Jonah Jackson from Ohio State, both in the third round. I think both are solid players and come in, compete for a starting job right away. Uh, Jonah Jackson was a heck of a transfer to Ohio State last year from Rutgers. And then the one, uh, another pick that I think they made late that was nice was Quintez Cephas from Wisconsin. He he was a big receiver for Wisconsin sure. this year. And, you know, a lot of times when Ohio State plays Wisconsin or even just me falling a lot of Big Ten ball right. here Wisconsin, and it's like, okay, let's stop their running back. And from there, you know, it's pretty much over. But this year, Cephas had a nice year. He, he tore up a lot of teams in the Big Ten. I think that he's a, I think that given a better overall team that focused more on passing game, he could have done some real, some really bigger things and improved his draft stock. So I think it's a good pick by them. I think they had a lot of good picks. Um, I think they have what I would consider four to five starters in this draft, and that's you know that's really all you can ask for when you make right. eight or nine picks throughout an NFL draft. For sure, no doubt. Doge, I'll pass it to you. Who do you think had the best draft? Are you uh, you think it was the Lions or the Bengals? Or you have someone different. No, I like the Lions and the Bengals. They were both definitely up there for me. But I think my favorite one was actually the Vikings. Sure. Um, they got Justin Jefferson, kind of mid to late first round, which was a huge uh, addition to their receiving core, especially with the loss of Diggs. Um, but they also lost uh, Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes out of their cornerback positions, and they filled those immediately as well. Right. Um, they have 15 picks in total, so they really had a boatload of people coming in that are new, so they've they've got a lot to build on. Um, also were able to land three offensive linemen in all of those picks as well. So like I was saying with the other teams, really good to focus on the offensive line, bring in those young guys, develop them. Uh, so I think all around they filled the needs that they had at wide receiver and cornerback early and then got another, a lot of other good pieces along the way. So I really liked the Vikings draft this year. Sure. Um, I definitely think it was um, the Bengals. I think they addressed everything they needed to. And if it was not the Bengals, non-homer pick, um, I would have to say the Ravens. I really like the addition of Patrick Queen. I think he's going to come in and be the linebacker that they're looking for. And after they lost C.J. Mosley, kind of searching for that guy um, there. And then um, you can't. 
uh, overlook just Lamar Jackson and Dobbins in the same backfield. That's a lot of speed and a lot of different plays you can do. So I really think they, not that they needed to address a lot because they were a really good team last year, but the things that they did do uh, early in this draft made me think that they had a great, great draft here. So um, if not the Bengals, I would say the Ravens. So, but I really do uh, agree with you guys. Lions and the Vikings have had had great drafts. So, um, especially with Jefferson falling to the Vikings um, after Diggs goes and they traded um, for, I believe, that pick exactly, if I'm not mistaken. So that was a great pickup there, as long as the other stuff that they got. So, really good on the Vikings, like you said, with uh, like their volume that they had. They did a lot of good stuff there. So, Dill, anybody different or more of the same here? Are you going Homer pick as well, like kind of us? No, I mean, I I think that with when I was watching the draft, I liked <clears throat> the fact that the Dolphins kept picking winners. Sure. And like, a lot of the people they were picking were winners, which I think is going to be a key to, like, switching their franchise from what they have been to what they want to be. Right. And I think uh, with Flores as the coach, um, you know, it seems that he kind of has a way to have authority over the guys, kind of keep them in check have them play as a good football team, whereas, like I talked to you about, I think, earlier today or yesterday, the Freddie Kitchens experiment, like, you could just tell they were, he just wasn't a coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he just, like the team didn't was... didn't look like he didn't walk like he didn't yeah, talk. Yeah, like, the, the it team was so wasn't weird. put together. Uh, I mean, it was, it was an unorganized botchery of human beings playing a sport. And I think that the Dolphins did okay. I think that... Now, when I when we said who's going to be good this year, you know, the rookie season versus career, I think two is going to be pretty good as well. And he's going to be really good if he plays. Like I think that if he can play consistently, he'll be great. Sure. Yeah. But I don't. I'm. That's really uncertain. So, um, I mean, Doge, I can't disagree with the Vikings and having that many picks. Um, single-handedly, I love the CD Lamb pick. In, yeah, I like in, that a lot. in Jerry World, like that, I think could From be, dude, like that could be a, a huge like game changer as far as just Andy to CD, just give giving somebody to throw to finally. I mean, like I understand you had Amari Cooper, and you have Amari Cooper, right? Like he's yeah. still there. Like oh, you resign him. him, so it's like if you have two of those guys, and Gallup, don't sleep on Gallup, bro. Dude, he smokes us in Madden whenever we play him, so it's, I. You know who? If I'm gonna sleep on anybody, I'd be Dak Prescott, but I'm not gonna sleep on him. Okay, I, I mean, regardless of what quarterback, I think if you put Dalton or Dak, I think they're both gonna be good. I think you're gonna be a more pass-heavy offense sure. with Andy, as far as like maybe not like quarterback motion and stuff, obviously. And right, like he's not gonna be doing like quarterback reads, read options where. He's running the ball around a lot. Like Dak can definitely take the ball and, and run after it. But. Right. So I would say uh, just the Dolphins, the way they, they've picked winners. and Sure. Sure. Um, let's move on to the worst draft here. Yeah. Doge, who do you think had the worst draft? I think the – I think one that is going to be popular for a lot of people – is going to be the Packers. Um, didn't really do themselves a whole lot of favors in trying to keep uh, Aaron Rodgers pleased. They took his, you know, successor, his re- replacement essentially, Jordan Love, in the first round. Didn't really get them any more receiving threats. Right. Uh, so it's it's not like they were really trying to build their team, and 
and develop it and make it better for Aaron Rodgers. It seemed like they uh, they kind of put their franchise quarterback aside and more so kind of pushed off to almost what looked like, you know, the beginning of a rebuild for them. So, right. um, you know, maybe it works out for them in the long run, but, you know, I, I think I would give them like a C on this draft or a C plus. Sure. Um, I did not like their draft as well. Um, I did not think that they did a great job addressing their needs. I mean, they almost went to the Super Bowl last year, um, and they just really didn't add too much talent to help get there. Like you said, they kind of went more for a rebuild. So um, I was not a big fan of the Packers draft. Another team that I did not um, like their draft as much was the Eagles. I did not think that they did a great job um, really addressing any of their team needs. They were another team that... I mean, they didn't do as well as the Packers, but they kind of limped into the playoffs with not a lot of talent around Carson Wentz. So I feel like if you could have gave him some more weapons, especially in this um, this wide receiver deep draft, uh, it would have been really, really good for their team, I think. And especially if they would have addressed placing some of their corners. And They lost a lot of people. Jason Peters is gone. Malcolm Jenkins um, is a corner. Jason Peters is an offensive lineman, but... So they had a lot to replace, and I'm not really sure that they did a great job doing it. So I didn't like the Eagles draft as much either. So, um, Kobus, do you have any different teams? I know we've got uh, a couple there. What are your thoughts? Packers, but if I'm not picking Packers, right? Uh, another one I'll, I'll get to is uh, the Raiders draft. Um, this is one I just I feel like they could have done a lot better. Yeah. I don't necessarily hate some of the players they have. Um, but the Raiders had seven picks total, and they were all within the first four rounds. Um, so if you're playing Madden, that's your dream scenario. Cut those mm-hmm. five through seven picks, all first four. Right. Uh, I like Ruggs. I just don't think he was the best receiver in this draft. Uh, personally, I think that Judy and and I think him and CeeDee Lamb are more of a toss-up. But I definitely think Judy's just a better receiver, so it's interesting that Ruggs came out before him. Um, you know, I'm always hitting home runs for Ohio State. But I think that Damon Arnett at 19 overall was definitely a reach by the Raiders. Yeah. Um, I think you trade down there if, if Arnett's your guy, and you can probably get him easily in the early second. Um, or, you know, just take a player that's a better need fill. Because, um, like I said, I, I mean, I like Arnett. I think he's really good. But he does turn 24 in September, so he's an older prospect. Um, and I just don't love, you know, I, I don't love that value for them. A couple more picks they had. They have Len Bowden Jr. from Kentucky in the third round. Um, he's a, He basically played some quarterback for them once they had a couple injuries. But he's a running back, receiver, kind of gimmicky guy. Um, I think he doesn't really have a role. I think he'd be a very good player on a team with the Saints or Patriots who typically find gimmicky players and know exactly how to use them for the Raiders. I think it might be a little – you know, I think they might have a little more trouble figuring out exactly how they want to fit him in. Um, so I just feel like they had a couple picks where they kind of missed on places they could have got more value. Uh, I do like Brian Edwards for them in the third round. I think he's a good big receiver. Um, but, you know, I don't think the Raiders necessarily got bad players. I just think they – I don't know if they got players that fit them. And I don't know that they necessarily drafted them in the right places they should have with the picks they had. I think they could have maximized their picks a little better. And they're going to end up kind of regretting that with some of the choices they made throughout this draft. Right. No, I, I agree. For as many picks as they had – um, at least early, it didn't really feel like they like had a lot of buzz going into Vegas. Whereas, like you would think, with so much like so much young talent coming in, there'd be a little bit more like, let's go Vegas. But I don't, I didn't pick up that vibe from their draft. So I, I can agree, probably not one of the better ones. Um, Bill, 
What are you thinking here for a worst draft? <clears throat> Same thing. I think all three of the teams you guys have said are honestly right. been pretty poor. Uh, more of just I don't understand what their thought process was. Like the Packers were a quarter away, you know, a game away from winning, going to the Super Bowl and having a you know chance to win uh, at all and. Right. I mean, the Eagles somehow won the division last year in, you know, a miserable NFC East, but they just won a Super Bowl, what, two years ago, three years ago now? So it's like right. they're not far removed. Right. Um, I think Carson Wentz can still win if he's on the field, which is why they got a quality backup, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, you get ready for a backup quarterback. Like, that's... Not right. what you should be doing. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you need to go get that home run wide receiver for your quarterback. Well, did you see they were get trying to, tight end they were trying to spin it like, catch. they were like, trying to spin it to like, well, what if Carson Wentz is diagnosed with COVID-19 and he has to be quarantined for two weeks? Now they have Jalen Hurts. It's like, why are they preparing for that? Like, I sh- they should be, but like, wouldn't you want to prepare for your quarterback to be healthy and on the field all, all year long? Like, I know you need a backup plan, but... I'm not gonna waste a pick on a backup plan, in my yeah. opinion. No, I mean, yeah. I don't know. So I think Bill O'Brien and the Texans too. I mean, like his whole off season's been shit. I was like, I don't even want to like. I don't even feel like talking about. Yeah, it, they're just that's so all ridiculous. Say, that, like, what are they doing? He's an arse. What are they doing? What's he doing? I don't know, Kobe, you look like you're about to say something. That's why I was. Well, that's why I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> it just made me think of. We're talking about drafts that I that I liked, yeah. which I know we've kind of uh, gotten past a little bit. But um, I mean, as far as the Arizona Cardinals getting Isaiah Simmons in yeah. the uh, in the first round is a pretty nice pick. And then um, I mean, essentially, I know you can't exactly look at it like this, but they pretty much got uh, DeAndre Hopkins in the second round, um, right? And, and then those people looking at you know that were listening to us on the initial pod with the draft. No, the, the, I like Josh Jones a lot from Houston, the tackle. Yeah. They got him in the third round. So um, the the Cardinals, to me, if you consider that DeAndre Hopkins essentially cost them a second-round pick and some garbage, I think that was a that they also had a hell of a draft. So when you guys start talking about Bill O'Brien and his blunders, uh, maybe just remember how much I like what the Cardinals are doing down there with Kingsbury and his frat pad of a home. Sure. Definitely a quality draft. All right, let's uh, let's move away from the draft here. We've got some other good news about the NFL. Um, we're going to dive in a little bit deeper, but we are deep in this pod, so let's just do a little rapid fire here, boys. Uh, schedule's coming out tomorrow, so Thursday, May 7th. You know, this is one of my favorite times of the year because you just whip out that schedule and you look at it and you chalk up a win on every single game for your team. Basically, like, oh, heck yeah, we're going... 12-4 and four or whatever this year. We're about to beat everybody. And then that's obviously not how the season goes. But it's that time, like, you, there's that 10 minutes where you're like, you know what, dude, we're going to the Super Bowl this year. Look at our schedule. Everybody's beatable. And then it actually turns out to be an actual NFL season where every game is tough and you can't just chalk up a win because it's, you know, whoever. So um, without further ado, I'll read off the Bengals and the Browns home and away games this year. And uh, we'll just pick... 
whichever game, uh, everyone go around the room, say their favorite game of that matchup and least favorite game of that matchup for the Browns and the Bengals. And then I have another bonus question here at the end. So the Bengals home games are against the Browns, Ravens, Steelers, obviously. They have those games away as well. So the other games are the Cowboys, Jaguars, Giants, Titans, and Chargers at home. And the away games are at the Texans, Colts, Eagles, Redskins, and Dolphins. So uh, we're not sure when those games are going to be or if any are in prime time. But, uh, Copus, real quick, is there one of those Bengals games that you're looking forward to the most, home or away? Yeah, so I think there's a couple that I can that I can get on board with. So I want to go with my favorite. Okay. Probably the Redskins for me. Sure. Um, mostly homer interest. I just think um, a lot of Buckeyes on the field there. I like. I, I love Chase Young. Think he's going to be an unreal player. On the other side, you got Haskins and Terry McLaurin for the Redskins. Uh, I think they they're building some good young talent there. Um, so for me, just being a Buckeye fan, I think that game holds a ton of interest as far as getting to see how the Bengals fare against what I think are three really good young players in this league on on the Redskins side, and how that game will play out for both these young teams who were very bad last year. I do not like Dwayne Haskins, so I'm not looking forward to that game. But I understand the Ohio State vibe. There's a lot of boys on on the field. There's a lot of boys on the Bengals side of the ball there too. Um, oh, absolutely. So for me, I think I'm leaning towards two games here. One is the Cowboys for the Andy Dalton reunion. That's going to be at, in Cincinnati. I'm, that's going to be a really cool game like we mentioned, but personally, a game that I'm very certain I'll be going to is the Bengals-Giants game, because my dad is a big Giants fan, so the Butler family's going to get together for that, I think. Uh, he'll be in his Giants gear rooting on uh, the old G-men. Um, and uh, I'm just, you know, that's going to be really fun. I haven't gone to a good game with old Johnny B in a while, so uh, looking forward to that. Last one we went to was a big snow game near Christmas, so hope, hopefully that is not when this game is. Um, Doge, I will pass it on to you. I cannot hear you at the moment. Looks like you're trying to say something, but uh, which game would you like in this matchup? Yeah, I agree with you, TG. Even if Dalton's not going to be playing, I think I'm looking forward to the Cowboys game. Um, we only get to play that division, you know, once every four years, right. and I think Cowboys, you know, one of the bigger names if nothing else um in that in that matchup there and having them come back to Cincy would be pretty cool so looking forward to that matchup there um you know as far as the division games always look forward to to playing those guys so yeah no doubt Ravens Ravens, Browns Steelers just want to beat them all but uh (laughs) outside the division looking forward to to playing the Cowboys yeah those are no-brainers for sure um, Dill, I know you're not a, a Bengals guy, but uh, which one of these would you be looking forward to going to if uh, Uncle Tim slides the tickets this way? So I thought it was really strange <laughs> with the home games for the Bengals and the away games uh, for the Browns are the exact, pretty much same, and then vice versa for the home. So it's like we play the same exact teams. Well, like, yeah, that's how they do the divisions that way. It's just it's just wild, like how. Well, that's the only, how it always is. I know, but it's just when you look at it like this, and we <laughs> play the same exact teams, and like the records end up being so different because I don't know, like it's right. just know, it's wild like, when you look at it like this. I agree. It's, so it weird. Um, it's usually because you can't believe that the Browns managed to just 
blow it when they just played all the same people. <laughs> what, the Bengals lost to? <laughs> I mean, hey, we had two really bad years, but you guys, anyway. Uh, Cincinnati home games. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I'll I have not finish. seen, I have not seen the Steelers play in person. Sure. To my, uh, I can't remember that. I can't remember. It would be nice to get a little Big Ben game under the belt before he signs off. I saw him, so, okay, I have seen him just at Miami. Years and years ago. Didn't you go to a Steelers game with your mom? Like in Pittsburgh? No. You guys never did that trip? No. Bummer. So I would say either the Steelers or just because like that Bengals Steelers game like is just rowdy, or the yeah. Cowboys. Sure, Cowboys probably just because Andy and like I want right. to see the Cowboys. Like, yeah, it's just like those are teams. You I think Jerry's seen. gonna fly in down? Jerry would be there. What he? I don't know. Does don't... he not go to away games? I just feel like oh he definitely does. I just don't know if he would just come to Paul Since Brown. Like he'd just be like fuck that. I don't know. Some people think Paul Brown's. Like we've said on the pod multiple times, which I think is so weird that people think Paul Brown's a pretty stadium in the NFL, which you don't get. But I don't even want to talk about it. It's weird. It's just <laughs> I like it, but it's not that nice. Um. So let's go back to you, Copus. Just real quick, is there a matchup in this that the Bengals are going to play that you're you don't want to see or you're afraid of? I mean, I'm afraid of is seeing what the Ravens did to us last year, which was like 300 yards rushing for every player on the team. Yeah, they just. I, I honestly just, I just don't care to watch it to have, watch us play the Colts. I mean, I at least the Jaguars have like Minshew Mania, and the Texans have Deshaun. To me, the Colts are just gonna be boring. It doesn't mean they'll be bad. I just, I, I don't care to watch that game. Yeah, I could, uh, I could not watch the Redskins game for sure. Like a hundred percent, personally. No need, unless maybe Cam gets there with old Ron. But I heard they're not doing that for sure. So, um, maybe if Alex Smith came back, which I doubt. Oh. Oh. Ridiculous photo of his leg coming out recently. If you haven't checked that out, don't have a full stomach. Uh-huh. It's wild. Um, so I would say Redskins for me. Doge, is there a game you're not interested in, or you're afraid of? I guess as well. I'm always afraid of Deshaun Watson, by the way. Yeah, me too. Uh, Deshaun Watson's scary, but I think I'm almost a little bit more afraid of the Titans. In sure. Our schedule. Yeah. Um, Don't remind they're, me. They're, they're a tough matchup. Won't really be a high-scoring <laughs> one, but uh, right, Derrick Henry is probably going to run a lot. And like Cope said, if uh, if they read anything from the Ravens book that they wrote last year, uh, Derrick Henry probably have a big game against us, so that's a little bit of a scary one. For sure. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can make some more moves with the linebackers that we picked up and hopefully stop the run a little bit more this year. Right, definitely. Um, Dill, I'm not going to ask you if there's one you're afraid of or scared of because you're not a Bengals fan. So I'll ask you for the Browns. Fair enough. Um, speaking of the Brownies, like you said, they have pretty similar games. So here are their home games. They have the uh, obviously the AFC North. And then they have the Texans, the Colts, the Eagles, the Redskins, and the Raiders at home. Raiders. Raiders. Um, Their away games are against the Titans, the Giants, the Jags, the Jets, and the Cowboys. So, um, 
What do you think about your favorite game here? Which one would you like to potentially go to, or which one would you or are you most excited for? Home games. Uh, man, I'm I'm looking forward to. I always like the Ravens home game, <clears throat> obviously because it's you know they're they're coming back home. That's what's happening. <laughs> Sometimes they show us what's up, like last year or years ago when they blocked the field goal attempt on Monday Night Football and ran it back for the win. That was amazing. And as the kick occurred in the stadium, before the snap, I said, I don't like how this feels. Ball snapped. Kick is blocked. I said, I really don't like how this feels. And then as they run towards the end zone that I'm sitting in, the Ravens win. And it's, dude, that game sucks, man. So it's like, I it, that is like the most satisfying win if we can beat them. Sure. But it's like, the, the Browns, Browns are, gonna beat them. we're expected to lose. Not so it's good. like, if we do beat them, it's like, dude, yeah. I guess right. it's, You're definitely um, expected to lose. And I don't care to see the Eagles... Like, that's a team that I think we're going to lose against because it's it's like the uh, Seahawks game last year where we played really well for most of the game and we ended up losing. So you want to see the Ravens. You don't care about the Eagles. Correct. Okay. I like it. Um, are Because you, you're afraid of the Eagles or you just don't want to see it? I think as a home game, I just don't care to go to it. So, as a home game. Okay. Away game. I mean, like, just overall game. No, that's fine. Team, I, I don't want to see. Uh, yeah, I mean, the... They're right there. I mean, same. same I'm surprised game. you want to watch Sammy Darnold in the Jets. I think we that, beat for, him. that for sure is mine. As far as like, if I'm interested in AFC North games, why? If Browns, if Browns Jets are on TV, I'm 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 finding something else. You want to talk why? about a game that I could not give a crap about? Is Browns Redskins? Good lord. Uh, don't want to watch that. You got Miles Garrett and Chase Young, two of the probably better DNs coming up in the next few years. <sighs> I don't care. Give me some offense, baby. Dude, eh. I think we could beat the Jets. Like, that's one of the teams where I know we should beat them. So it's like, I want to play them. Right. We need to play them 16 times a year. Sure. Yeah, I, I can't wait. To the I'm going to pull this up when the Jets beat old the Brownies. Just get this clip saved. Get hey. it ready. Doge, um, is there a game on the Brown schedule you would like to watch? You can say no if you want. Yeah, as a as a resident in Cleveland, like Dill said, the Browns Ravens one is always a big one. Yeah, with my uh, with my mom being a Clevelander, she absolutely hated the Ravens. Yeah, so, Far uh, definitely relate to that. So always always a good one there. I would say bang or Bengals. Yeah, I I only want to watch Browns Titans. Looking for maybe a little revenge or uh, a, a, another beatdown would be great. <laughs> So that one I'm sure is circled on their calendar, whether they will admit it or not. Um, that's going to be a big one, I think. Being an attendee of both the let's let's call it the bookcase games, you know, the bookshelf games, whatever. Why? Because I saw the the home game, the last home game. Oh, okay, sure. First sure. and last. So I was it's like, called. I just didn't get that. Yeah. Old bookends. Yeah. So, um, calling it those games, I don't know what to think was worse. I mean, the the Ravens watching Lamar Jackson com- convert third down after third down, and just get first downs the entire game. I mean, I don't know how many they had, but I mean, 
between big plays and first downs, we couldn't stop them at all. Uh, the Titans, it was competitive until it wasn't, and then it was a 30-point win, and it was like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, they smoked you guys. And that was like the first game of the year where it was so deflating. Especially like, after all the hype. Dude, that, that had to be the game, dude. That was awesome to be like, like in the stadium, though, Browns dude. Fans for that it was amazing. Man, I was I was so hyped for it. I I didn't even want to drink because I wanted to feel and remember everything. You know what I mean? But then it was like, then I wanted to drink because I was like, I don't want to feel, want to feel or... or remember anything. That's <laughs> yeah. So it's like, dude, this is ridiculous. Terrible. Terrible. I mean, that's the story of an AFC North fan if you're not part of the Ravens or Steelers in the last 15 years. So just the story of Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, all right. We got to move on, boys. Let's go. Clock is winding down. Game is tied. Buzzer beaters, boys. Some buzzer beaters. I'm going first here. I'm, I'm going to just drain the clock out, so that way we got to get out of here quick. Gentlemen, as you know, I've been rocking a jersey for each uh, podcast we've been doing until sports come back. Tonight, in honor of some good news or bad news, I'll ask you what you'd like first here in a second. Uh, you know what? I'll go good news first. Why not? I'm rocking a Johnny Bench Reds jersey in hopes that the MLB is going to return soon. So that is the good news. There's uh, some rumors flying around. There's a statement that went out that said uh, spring training, second spring training, spring training in quotes as well, summer training, uh, will begin on June 1st here. So we're hoping to see some real action in the MLB, maybe getting back to some normalcy there, but the bad news is that Reds pitcher Trevor Bauer said that he has not received any league emails or updates about this at all, and so he does not believe that they will be returning to training camp on the 1st. Wow. So, I know I put my jersey on for nothing, but I'm putting it on to be hopeful that uh, Trevor Bauer just is got getting into spam emails or something. He's got to check that out. Uh, maybe, you know, check his Hotmail account. Come on now. You got him multiple emails. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he put his mom email down there like at the beginning of his career. You never know. She might be getting the emails. <laughs> Check your emails. Right. Check those emails, Trev. We need baseball back. Um, Doge, I'm going to swing it to you here for your buzzer beater. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, would just recommend everyone go and watch The Last Dance. Really been enjoying my time watching that. Oh, yeah. They've got six episodes out now of a ten-part series, so... Uh, it's been really fun watching some uh, some video that's really been well documented of the the Bulls dynasty, growing up from when you know Jordan was in Chapel Hill and then getting drafted, you know, and then also just recording all the different personalities of that wacky uh, ninety seven ninety eight NBA Finals team with the second three peat. Uh, this past weekend's episodes even had some good dream team action there from the Olympics, so. Uh, really entertaining. Would recommend you know during this time where we don't really have sports. Uh, Everybody go give that a watch. Absolutely, dude. That's been so much fun to watch. And it's so great to see all the footage that you wouldn't think that they would have. Even like some of the like in the locker room stuff or like the pre-All-Star game stuff with uh, Larry Bird as a coach and Magic coming in. It's awesome to see. So yeah. um, if you're not doing anything on Sundays, I definitely would recommend tuning in like Doge says. Copus, um, where would you like your buzzer beater? I know where Doge wanted his top of the key on the left side because that's where he always likes it. Oh, yeah. Um, Copus, where do you want your buzzer beater shot here? I like my down on the post, you know, be able to work it in, get a little oh, spin yeah. move maybe. Work it. Um, for my buzzer beater, 
because um, obviously, you know, who knows when I'll be on the pod next, when I can come back in and join you guys. Right. Um, but I like to throw mine out there, too, college football and how it's related to COVID-19. Um, I like the NFL a lot, uh, but the reason that I wanted to do this pod so much is because college football is my baby, so it works perfectly with the <laughs> NFL draft. Right. Um, as far as COVID goes, college football is very tough. You got, you know, you got a lot of schools not letting people back on campus, still unsure about what that's going to look like. Um, you obviously have different places, you know, whether it's Columbus or, um, say, like Bloomington for Indiana or, um, you know, for even some of the southern schools that, you know, have it a little easier in some of the smaller areas and the smaller towns like Clemson. Um, then you also have places like Rutgers and, um, you know, where it's not, you know, they're not doing great right now. Right. So I'm very worried <laughs> about college football, how it's going to work, um, whether they're only going to do conference play whether the season's going to be pushed back to the spring, which has gotten a lot of talk about, which for me makes that very tough on the players because mm-hmm. you'll basically be playing yep. you know, two seasons in a span of eight months. Um, right. So college football has got me concerned right now. I'm very interested to see how it works. Um, I even saw James Franklin from Penn State came out today and said, you know, we don't need all the teams to be able to play to play. Um, essentially, he's saying right. the Big Ten, if Rutgers are still in bad shape because New York and New Jersey are still having a lot of issues, we don't necessarily need to play Rutgers. Let's just play right. the other teams. <laughs> Do um, they really so it's, ever, it's, though? You know? Yeah, it's going to be a very weird year because you are at the point where a head coach for a major program is like, "Hey, if they're not ready, let's just let's just boot them out for this year, and we'll we'll you know we'll catch up next year." So, um, worried about college football, but um, I'm hopeful that we get the season as normal, and um, you know we can have the normal fall that that so many of us love, uh, despite all the COVID interference. Before I let you dribble out the ball here, Dill, and then shoot a shot, I just want to say that one thing I loved about the draft that I forgot to bring up, I have to bring back here at the end, is Dave Gettleman calling offensive linemen hog mollies is one of my favorite freaking things I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> just He just, it said on the TV, Dave Gettleman loves the hog mollies. Like, that is freaking hilarious. So, just get out there, find you a hog molly, boys. Come on. Um, sure. Yeah. What? Yeah. Big old hog molly. Dill as a hog molly. <laughs> as a fellow hog molly. Fellow hog molly. Uh, what, uh, where do you want your shot? And you, you got not a lot of clock left. So give it, give up. it to me right on the baseline. I'm fading to my left. Sure. Shooting it over, uh, obviously my right shoulder. Yeah. It's going from left to right. So I'm shooting kind of over the backboard. Okay. And it's going to be a six shot where yeah. it hits the inside of the rim and swishes towards the baseline. Okay. And it's just swish. Funny thing with Gettleman and his yeah. not wearing a COVID mask and then in the middle of the broadcast puts it on yeah. in the middle of his house. What a goofball. I'm sure somebody was like, yo, you need to put that on to promote the mask. And it's like, <laughs> Especially in New York, it's like, yo, you need to put that. So, okay. That's, house, though? That's what I'm saying. You wear a mask in your house. I'm, I'm with you. not. I'm with you. If it's that bad, sheesh. Yeah, like, you're, you're We're done. not in good shape in New York. Not in good shape. Um, okay. Shooting right now. So, second shot. With the COVID quarantine, been able to... Blow through some Marvel series movies. Yeah. Which I know that got a lead director over here taking us through the, the storm. Oh, lead director? Wow. 
We're just taking us through the adventure, you know. This is this is the first time I've seen most of them. So right. uh, other than Iron Man, uh, Iron Man, Iron Man, Iron Man. Other than Iron Man, it's like a German scientist. Other than Iron Man, um, I haven't really seen any of them before. Right. So this is this is cool. Uh, being able to experience these new experiences, some cool new stuff. You know, when uh, a lot of things are different in a negative way, it's nice that this has been different in a positive way. Certainly. And um, you know, just kind of looking forward to. To that and kind of finishing the series during this time of what I'm going to call right now is COVIDity. The old COVIDity. <laughs> the old COVIDity. COVIDian times. COVIDian era. Speaking of, by the way, I had this thought the other day for just Hail Mary. This isn't even a buzzer beater. This is like where it's we're on the 10 yard line. I'm just heaving it. Um, just wasting time. Do you think they're going to change, like, the calendars to now be, like, BC and AC, like, before COVID, after COVID? Oh. I just hope it's before <laughs> COVID and then Adam Copas is the AC. Okay. Like, wow. Just we are Adam Copas, right? Adam, just like yeah, We were in the before COVID and now we're in the Adam Copas. Before COVID, Adam Copas. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It's, it's logical. If you really think about it, it makes sense. If you really are thinking about it, why are you still listening to this pod? No, I'm kidding. We're deep here. We're just talking about nothing. We love it. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, before COVID, after COVID, Adam Copas, we appreciate you being on. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Doge, thank you for being on, as always. Of course. Uh, good to be with you guys. Good talking with you, Kopi. Great pod, boys. Great pod. Uh, Big Dill, great pod as always. We appreciate being on. Fellow speakers, it's been real. <laughs> Fellow listeners, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We we uh, thank you for subscribing, hitting like, sharing the podcast as well. Get the word out that you love the clubhouse. We appreciate it. This is the clubhouse.